Welcome to the Farming Without the Bank podcast, the show with a no BS approach to money. Hosted by a farm strategy expert and authorized IBC practitioner. Join us as we get real and expose the flaws of traditional financial institutions in order to help farmers take control of their finances, create peace of mind, grow their wealth, and leave a legacy. Now, here's your host, Mary Jo Ehrman. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for returning, or thank you for just joining, however you got here. I surely appreciate you listening in. Today, I want to talk to you about, do we have to pay debt off first to get started with an infinite banking policy or to get started with the farming without the bank concept? Whatever it is you want to call it, I call it the infinite banking concept, but so many people read my book and then they don't think they can get started because they have this debt and they believe that they need to be completely debt-free before they get started. And sometimes that works. Sometimes people think, well, I have too much debt and so I'm just going to pay off one thing before I get started. And is that necessary or are we just prolonging it, thinking that we're going to be in a better position without ever talking to me. Because the interesting thing is most of these people never talk to me. They read the book and then they go, well, I just can't do it because I, I have too much debt. Well, what are you doing with that debt? And those are the things that we really need to look at to help you get started. And I, you know, I think I touched on this a little bit in another episode, but I really want to just focus on this today and talk about just this. And so what debt do you have? Let's look at that. Or do you have a 10-year land note that maybe you could have did 30? Are you wanting to pay it off early? It's amazing to me how many people are paying land off early or paying equipment off early. And I understand why you do that because maybe you had a really good year and you have extra money and you want to put it down and you want to get rid of that payment, okay? But now that you've read the book, or if you haven't read the book, after you read the book, you're going to see that we can put money into this life insurance system and we can create the wealth there and it's going to give us access to money. It's going to create liquid money right away. And if we can do that, do, would we rather do that? Would we rather have access to the liquidity than giving it to the bank or the lender? I don't really care who you're paying. I just want you to think of this story for just a second and put yourself in these this shoe. If you have a land note and you are giving the bank an extra 20 grand a year as a payment because you want that paid off sooner, what did you just do with that $20,000? You just gave it to the bank and gave up liquidity of that money. You gave up access to that money, but the bank got it. So now if you have a bad year, now you have equity in the land but now you have to go back to the bank and ask if you can borrow against the land. Well, you're doing that in a bad year. So you're doing that when the bank's going to say, sorry, Johnny, but you're not going to be able to repay this note. You don't have enough income coming in. Your numbers don't look good. So sorry, but you can't have access 
to the equity of your land. You just gave them the extra 20 grand. Could have we put that money into a life insurance policy and borrowed against the cash value in 10 years to pay it off? And a lot of people don't understand that. When I run the numbers, I can show you that if we're taking extra cash and we're going to put it to the cash value portion of the policy, you will have the amount of money you need to pay it off. You're going to borrow it from the life insurance policy. But what happens? Let's just say we put money into the policy for 10 years and it's $20,000 a year. Well, you now have access to that $20,000. So if you need tires on something, if you need to fix an engine on something, if you want to go on vacation, if you want to lend money to other people, you can do that for the first 10 years of your policy life, borrow against it and pay it back. If you have it paid back by year 10, you still have the money to borrow against to pay off that land. So if you want to buy a tractor in year one or two, you can do that, pay it back, and still have the money there so that you can pay off the bank if you need to. So yes, you still have to pay yourself back, but we gave you liquidity of money. And we just don't think about that. Instead, we think, well, we need to be debt-free. Well, do you really need to be debt-free or do we need to leverage the your dollar by using the bank at some point? If we have an interest that's less than 5% or maybe 55 6%, you might want to put that into the policy. And it's funny because people always say to me, well, Mary Jo, if I'm putting that in the policy and I have to borrow against a policy, I'm only making, you know, I'm paying 4.76 on that policy loan, but I could have paid less to the bank. Well, what are you doing with that money? If you're borrowing the money from your policy, are you lending it to somebody? Or are you buying a piece of equipment? Are you buying cows? Are you doing something that can create income for you? So now you have an infinite rate of return, as Nelson would say, because you have access to do things with those that money. What happens if an opportunity arises and you gave the bank that money or gave a lender that money rather than keeping it accessible to yourself? Are we really deciding who's more important than us? We are. We're deciding that the bank is more important for any extra cash that we have than we are because we want to get rid of them. We can get rid of them because if we put it in the policy, even if you don't spend it, you now have access to use it and pay them off if you need to. Right now, I have enough cash value to pay off my home. Am I doing that? Nope, I'm not. It's there and I could do that. But what if an opportunity arises? What if I can lend money to somebody at 10% interest? What if I can buy into a business? What if I want to buy another car? I have a teenager, you know, she's going to be driving soon. She needs a car. Because it's not like when I was younger, when we had junky vehicles to drive. I mean, I'm not giving her my vehicle. <laughs> We're going to buy her something kind of icky. But what if I use that money and paid off my house? Now I don't have liquidity of that money and I can't take advantage of an opportunity. We don't always need to wait until we're debt-free. 
There are people that are making payments on things and they've paid it all off and they freed up cash. Well, did you use that cash to start a policy or did you just go buy something else? If that cycle continues, you're never going to be debt free. Or you might say, well, I don't have any debt, but I used all that cash to buy that next piece of equipment. So I don't have any money to put in a policy. Right, because you just wrapped it up in a bunch of metal because you bought a piece of equipment. Did you need that piece of equipment? Think about when you're going to get started. Yes, you need to have some money to get started. But what are those things that you're doing right now that you have debt on that you're overpaying? Because I don't think that most of you are just paying your minimum premium. Even in today's state of agriculture, I have clients who are paying above what they need to be paying. They're still sticking money into 401ks or IRAs and giving up the liquidity of that money because it's what they're supposed to do. It's what everybody else is doing. You just tied up the liquidity of that money. And maybe that's what you need to think about more than I need to be debt-free. Where could you access liquid money? Because we're not thinking about it correctly. Instead, we're like, well, we're just going to have to wait. Wait for what? The perfect moment? Like waiting for the perfect moment to have kids? There's never a perfect moment. What are we, are we overpaying on credit card debt? Or do we have, this I see a lot too, do we have money in savings? And we've not paid off the credit card. So essentially, you're doing the exact same thing in this scenario. You have $10,000 in savings and you have a $10,000 credit card debt. You're keeping that liquid money in your savings account in case you need it, but you're paying the credit card company. It's the same thing here, except you don't see the value of starting a policy because you're waiting until you're debt free. So if you're willing to keep money in savings and pay a credit card company 15%, why aren't you willing to take that same $10,000, put it in a policy, borrow against a policy, and pay off the credit card company? Because of liquidity. You want liquidity. It's the exact same thing. If you're willing to put that in a savings account, why aren't you willing to put that in a life insurance policy? So I really encourage you to think about that. What are you doing with your money? What happens if you want to buy a piece of land and all your other land is already paid for? Well, you usually use the other land as collateral if you need to because you don't have the money. And I'm not saying don't pay stuff off. We want to make sure that, yeah, that's great. We can get stuff paid off. We can get rid of the snakes and dragons, as Nelson called them. That's fantastic. But do we want to get rid of them so quickly that it hurts us financially? It puts us in a state of stress. It's amazing to me how many people do a 10 or 15 year mortgage and stress themselves out about that payment versus doing a 30 year mortgage and just understanding that they can pay it off earlier. When times get tough, now we have this huge mortgage. And the only reason 
that you took a shorter term mortgage is because they said it was going to be cheaper on interest. And you said, well, of course it's going to, you know, I don't want to pay extra interest. So, and I plan to have it paid off in 10 years anyway. Did you prepare for the what if? What if something happens with commodity prices and I can't pay it off early? Nope. Instead, you stressed yourself out to get it paid off. And then when it's paid off, what do we do with that money? Do we just go buy something else? We tend to not put it into savings. It tends to be absorbed into our living expenses. Well, that we need to be honest with that and start a policy with it if you're going to wait. But if you can do a 20 or 30 year mortgage or you can finance a piece of equipment out longer than two or three years because you don't want to be stressed out, just pay it off earlier. The interest rate might be a little bit higher because you're going to stretch it out. But you also have an interest deduction as an expense. So we have to take that into consideration as well. Is it truly more expensive then to have that mortgage for 30 years versus 10 or 15 because we got to write the interest off on that payment for 30 years instead of 10 or 15? When I look at a mortgage, a 15 versus a 30-year mortgage, it's going to be less expensive for a 30-year mortgage if you get to deduct the interest expense because you got to deduct that for 15 more years. Now, it's going to be the same for land. It's still an interest expense that's going to go on your books. Well, if you can move that mortgage out 30 years or seven years on a piece of equipment versus three, is that going to free up some money to do other things? That might free up some money so you don't have to borrow as much operating from the bank. That might free up some money to start a policy. That might free up some money so you don't have to put so many living expenses on the credit card, or you don't have to borrow living expenses from your operating note. We have to think of all those things. We're putting all this money to a land payment or an equipment payment just so we can turn around and borrow it on the operating side? And are you ever truly going to be in a position where you're debt-free? Because remember, if you're using cash, you're still financing it. If that cash didn't go into a life insurance policy first and we're not building compound interest on there, you still finance that piece of equipment because you paid cash and you lost the opportunity to earn any interest. So think about what kind of investments, what kind of things you could do with the cash that could create a better return than what you're paying on interest. You have to look at the full picture. Do we need to wait to start this concept until we're debt-free? No, we don't. Not in most cases. There are a few cases where I run into and there's a lot of debt and we are waiting. But in most cases, you don't have to wait until you're debt-free. That is an incorrect thought process because we can be debt-free to the bank and we can owe ourselves debt, a, a repayment on the loan, on the policy. And that's okay because we're dealing with us. We're not dealing with the bank but we at least got started. And with getting started comes what? Death benefit, which is also very important, very important. 
So you're not starting today. And do you have death benefit today? A lot of times that's a no, no answer. I can't start today, Mary Jo, but I also don't have life insurance today. Well, if we can't get you started, then we at least need to have life insurance. But I can almost guarantee you that I am going to find money that you are putting somewhere that you are not even thinking about correctly because you are overpaying somebody or you've paid a payment off and you just absorb it into the cost of living and you haven't been honest about it. So don't wait to get started until you're debt-free because be realistic. Is that ever going to happen? Or do you want to really lose the opportunity to start in the next three to five years? No, get started today. And there are many things that I come across that I can look at and go, well, why did we do that? Or why did we do that? Or do we maybe want to refinance something to reduce the amount of cash flow going out? I talked about the fact that cash flow is king on one of my earlier episodes, and we need to look at that. Cash flow is king. The bank is not. Don't make them king by overpaying them. Create some money and look at where that money is going so we can get started in this process. Because if we never get started, guess what? You never get to take back control of everything that you're doing. And you need that control. Nelson saw how much control he needed when he had all the debt at 20-some percent interest. That is when he found this. So don't think that this is a bad time to start because A, I don't have the cash flow. Commodity prices are bad. Yep, this is the time we need to open our minds and look for a solution. It might not be a really fast solution, but it's a solution. And we really need to look at what our debt is and can we stretch those out and leverage our dollar by using the bank during a time when we can use them so that we can eventually get rid of them. Okay, think about those things. Look at your numbers. We've talked about this a million times already. Look at your numbers. See what you're doing. Pay attention. Are we sticking a bunch of money on a credit card and paying interest only? Can we get some of this stuff rearranged and looked at differently? If you've read the book, I am happy to talk to you. You should be getting emails for a link to my calendar. If somebody has given you the book and you don't have the link to my calendar, message me, email me. You can message me on Farming Without the Bank on my Facebook page. You can email me at maryjo at without the bank and I will email you the link to my calendar. If you've not read the book, somebody's not given you the book, you're gonna wanna go to farmingwithoutthebank.com, get that book, and then let's have that conversation and let's see what you're doing. It's not gonna cost you anything but your hour and a half of time. But I'm guessing that you're spending an hour and a half worrying about your finances and you don't know what the solution is to fix them. We have the solution. The solution is in the book. We just have to take action. And without action, nothing is going to get done. Nothing. Worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. You go back and forth all day long, but you don't get anywhere. And that is what we tend to do when we're stressed out. Our mind shuts off and we can't find the solution. 
The solution is there and I'm here to help you with that. So make sure you message me either on Facebook or Mary Jo at Without the Bank, and I'm happy to send you a link to my calendar, but you have to read the book first. If you've not read the book, I'm gonna know the second you ask a certain question, I'm gonna know you didn't read the book because that book has a lot of answers in it. Or if you've read Nelson Nash's book, I'm happy to meet with you as well. You just have to have a little bit of education under you so we're both on the same page, and then we're going to have a successful, productive meeting. Okay, I hope that you guys got some value out of that, and it caused you to think a little bit about what's going on and if you can get started or not. If you have suggestions about what you would love to hear on this podcast, please let me know. I very much appreciate it. Um, Otherwise, go to Facebook, Farming Without the Bank, and we will talk to you there or go to farmingwithoutthebank.com and check out the book and let us know again, however I can help, I am here to help. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Farming Without the Bank podcast. We hope today's episode has inspired you to take control of your finances in new ways. Don't forget to check out our website, farmingwithoutthebank.com, and engage with us on our Facebook page, Farming Without the Bank. Join us next week as we smash more financial myths and empower you to accomplish your financial goals.